Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. Tonight on Rams Showcase, the Rams' new stadium has a new name. Plus, the Rams prepare for their first primetime battle of the season. And later, have the Rams been bit by the injury bug? Find out next on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. What is going on, Rams fans? And welcome back to another edition of Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. Got a pretty solid show for you guys tonight, but we're not going to go too long. And I don't even know if you guys prefer the long shows or the short shows. I don't even I don't even know yet. So we're going to uh, we're going to bust some stuff out here. We got some news for you guys, and then we got, of course, the Rams at Browns Sunday night football game that we'll take a look at. And then, uh, really, the first real injury report that I have for you guys in like the last three years. So we'll we'll get into that as well. But first, up on the news, uh, this is just an in case you missed it kind of thing because this news actually released on Sunday and was readily available during the game. They even talked about it uh, during the matchup against the Saints that the Rams' new stadium that will open next season will be called SoFi Stadium. Uh, SoFi is a financial company. There is a 20-year agreement. I did not hear the exact numbers, but it is expected to be the most expensive stadium naming deal in the NFL, and that's going to surpass the AT&T Stadium that the Dallas Cowboys play in. It does make sense that this would be the, the most lucrative deal for a naming rights uh, situation uh, just because there's going to be two teams playing in this venue pretty regularly. There's only going to be one week per year that the, that the stadium is not being utilized by an NFL team because, of course, there's going to be eight home games per team and then there's 17 weeks in the season. So basic math will lead you to that conclusion there. Uh, this is not actually news, but I just, I had to get some stuff off my chest and it is about the Saints and the, the Rams, of course, beat the Saints 27 to 9 on Sunday at the Coliseum. It was awesome, by the way. Uh, it was just about everything I, I wanted out of that game. It was a dominant performance by the Rams and the only thing that I could personally think of that would have made that game better would have been if Nikel Roby Coleman would have had a pick six. Of course, that did not happen, but I'll take the win either way. And now the Rams uh, going into Cleveland. But just a couple of things I wanted to get off my chest here. So the the Rams have outscored the Saints 53-6 to in the last seven quarters against each other. Why these seven quarters? Uh, this is something I've been asked. Why am I kind of gearing my argument towards these seven quarters. Well, mainly it's just to show you how much the Rams have dominated the Saints since the end of that first quarter in the NFC Championship game. Going into the second quarter, the Rams were down 13 to nothing, and of course just kind of took over from there, and we know how the rest of the game went. The New Orleans Saints are no longer a team to be feared, and it's because they refuse to get over a loss from almost eight months ago. Drew Brees himself is not worth 18 points. No one player 
is worth 18 points in the NFL. Two touchdowns, I'll give you the argument that he could have maybe scored two touchdowns maximum, but that's being extremely generous. The Rams were going to beat the Saints with or without Drew Brees. And uh, if you if, even if you take out the 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 whistle blowing on the fumble recovery, not one Rams fan has complained that that on that same exact play, the Saints could have been called for roughing the passer against Jared Goff. That would have given the Rams the football back. I also have not heard a single Rams fan complain that Joseph Noteboom was called for a block in the back on a Woods screen touchdown play, and I'll be honest with you, it was extremely ticky-tacky. It was a very light push, and it was kind of to the back, but a little bit to the side as well. Didn't even really impede the defender on getting to Woods, and... It was called back, but I didn't hear a single Rams fan complain about that. And I, for one, think that we can officially put the New Orleans Saints behind us, and we can now stand proudly as the reigning NFC champions. I just had to get that off my back, or off my chest there a little bit, because it's been a frustrating series with the Saints, and the Saints fans, uh, I... I it's, I find myself getting like frustrated whenever I see Sean Payton arguing a call or something. It's like, dude, let it go. It was not that big of a deal or, or in a situation where, where the Saints could have been at fault too. And, you know, I, I find myself just getting frustrated and it's, it's blossomed into a pretty cool rivalry. But I think the Saints, this era of the Saints, I think is coming to a close. You know, we don't see the Saints, you know, lighting anybody up. We, we, they barely beat the Houston Texans in week one. They, I'll, I'll say they got dominated by the Los Angeles Rams in week two. So we'll see what the, what the, the season has for them, but I don't see them beating the Seattle Seahawks this week and the rest of their schedule. I mean, I, I do think that in their division, they have, they have some luck, but uh, they can have some luck, especially this year with the, the Panthers not playing so well and, and of course, the Buccaneers, uh, Atlanta, they're a team that can definitely give them some fits. But, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, I'm just I'm glad it's over. I'm glad that game came and went and the Rams not only won, but they dominated the New Orleans Saints. And that was pretty crispy to watch. Uh, but I think it's time to talk about this game preview. So on Sunday night, we have the Los Angeles Rams who sit at 2-0 at the Cleveland Browns who sit at 1-1. This game will be televised on NBC. Of course, it is prime time, so it is nationally televised. I do not have a distribution map for you guys uh, because it's national TV. We don't need a distribution map. It's, it's the only game on at the time, so you'll be able to watch it if you have NBC. If you don't have NBC... Go down to one of your local stores and buy, like, an antenna or something. You can probably get one at a pawn shop, and you should be okay there. Uh, the line on this game, the Rams are favored by three points. Taking a look at the weather at kickoff, it looks like it's going to be about 82 degrees, mostly sunny, 49% humidity, and just a 15% chance of precipitation. At the end of the game, we're looking at about 78 degrees, mostly cloudy, 52% humidity, and 22% 
precipitation. Uh, I'm still avoiding the the full in-depth matchup uh, uh, notes here because we've only played two games and the the numbers are going to kind of level themselves out here. So I'll probably do them after week four. Uh, The Rams, of course, got Cleveland this week and then what is it? Tampa Bay, I believe, at home. And then so for, for the Seahawks game, the first Rams Seahawks game, I'll do the full analysis of the matchup here. But right now we have the Rams offense is ranked 13th. The Browns defense is ranked 7th. They do a very good job of getting after the passer, which coincidentally is the kind of defensive structure that the Rams quarterback, Jared Goff, he seems to struggle against. So I'm looking to see how that adjustment is made. Uh, even if it happens in-game, I'm looking to see how that adjustment is made and to see if the Rams, you know, try to utilize maybe some short passes or more screens to try to just get the ball out of Jared Goff's hands. On the other side, the Browns offense ranks 15th and the Rams defense currently ranks 5th. That took a big jump going at, uh, coming out of the Saints game. Of course, week one, the Panthers were able to move the football, but they do have some pretty strong weapons. Christian McCaffrey is no joke. Uh, but even with, you know, Breeze going out, I really, it was one of those moments when Breeze went out, it was like, okay, let's see, like, okay, this is, this is, you know, good for the game matchup. I hate seeing injuries personally, and I think, personally, my personal opinion is that Drew Breeze is, is the greatest quarterback to ever play, but... That being that aside, I was really worried that Camaro was just going to kind of take over the game, and that is not what happened. So the Rams defense took a big jump and is ranked fifth overall in the league right now. Uh, let's take a look at the history of this matchup. Of course, the Cleveland or the the Rams were in Cleveland first. Uh, it was 1936, actually, was the first Rams year, but the 1937 team only had two players returning and no coaches, so it's actually counted as a separate entity. Fun fact for you guys, I didn't even have that in my notes. Now, the stories tell us that the Rams decided to move to Los Angeles to avoid an inner-city battle with the Cleveland Browns, who began playing in 1946. The Rams do lead the all-time series against the Browns 12 and 11. So it could not up if the Browns win this game or the Rams could take a two-game lead all time. The first game between these two was on Christmas Eve of 1950. It was the NFL Championship game, and the Browns did walk away with the win in that one, 32-28. The most recent game between these two came on October 25th of 2015, and that was a 24-6 win for the then St. Louis Rams. So by doing that math as well at home, you guys can tell that this is the first game the Rams have had against the Browns since their return to Los Angeles. Uh, the Rams at the Browns all time. The Browns do lead that series all time six and five. So going off of that, we do have uh, we can we can definitely knot that one up. We can tie up that that all time series playing at Cleveland at the Cleveland Browns there. Three to see. I did not even write these down. I'm just going to kind of go off of them, uh, kind of like I did last week. I feel like that's a, that's kind of go. I just wrote down, well, I in my notes, because of how I look at things, it's just three, the number three, the number two, and the letter C. It's just the three to see. Try to keep it pretty simple for myself. Anyways, on the first one, I'm going to go with Jared Goff. I'd kind of mentioned why earlier is that the Cleveland Browns really do have a strong pass rush. Miles Garrett is no joke. 
He is not a joke at all, and he can definitely generate some pressure. Luckily for the Rams, we do have Andrew Whitworth blocking him, which brings me to my next of the three to see, which is Andrew Whitworth. Blocking Miles Garrett is going to be uh it's gonna be a day for Andrew Whitworth. So I'm really interested to see how he handles that pressure and how he and the rest of the offensive line is able to communicate and get those protections set because as much as we like to talk about Jared Goff not performing well under pressure, how about we look at this offensive line and see if we can stop that pressure. Cleveland Browns, though, you know, coming off of a week one loss and then uh, they they had trouble against uh, against the Jets last week on Monday Night Football. I remember watching that game and I mean, it wasn't that long ago, so of course I remember it. But I remember watching it and just thinking like, man, this this Browns offense really should be running up and down the field on these Jets uh, but it just it just wasn't happening. And on the last uh, of my three to see, I'm going to go with the Rams cornerbacks. And that's going to be mainly Akib Tlaib and Marcus Peters, both without an interception this year. And both have kind of had quiet seasons to this, po- to this point. Of course, we're only two games in. We're going to see some interceptions by both of them, I'm sure. But let's see if we can get some from uh, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, by the way, in the news being heavily criticized. Uh, One of the quotes from Colin Cowherd that I saw today was, uh, win first and then worry about your brand. And I honestly, I I couldn't agree more. But I personally, I'm a big fan of Colin Cowherd and and, uh, uh, the way that he supports his viewpoints. I know not everybody's a fan, but I certainly am of Colin Cowherd. Uh, But, you know, we're going to see if these corners can do anything. Uh, Last week against the Saints, it was actually kind of nice to not hear their names because it, hearing a cornerback's name is a lot like hearing an offensive lineman's name. When you hear their name a lot, that's not a good thing. You don't want to hear from guys like that. So having Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib not talked about in the Saints game uh, really just goes to show that they were they were doing their job. They were covering really well. And I mean, not a big day from anybody on the Saints team, honestly. I mean, you can say that Will Lutz had a pretty good game because he's their kicker and he's the only one that scored any points, but Bridgewater didn't look that impressive. Um, uh, Kamara didn't really do anything. Mike Thomas didn't really do anything. Cam Jordan did get in there a couple of times. He did have that fumble recovery, but overall, not necessarily, it wasn't like a dominating performance by any means, so so it's kind of hard to judge judge all that stuff but um you know it it's the Rams did a good job last week is what I'm really trying to say and I I think this Cleveland Browns team I think that they are going to have a hard time against this Los Angeles Rams which is fun to say okay I'm still not totally uh it like into the groove of the Rams being one of the best teams in the NFL I'm still kind of used to the the Rams just being bad and I I think that that's partly because you know, covering the Rams, uh, in my time covering the Rams, it, them being good still is kind of fresh to me. So, so I'm, I'm still getting used to it, but hopefully after, after this year, I'll be good. And then hopefully they, st- the, the team stays good because that would be a, a whole bag of bummers for sure. Uh, let's see here. Let's take a look at injuries. This is the first time I've had a real injury report for you guys in a couple of years. I think the last time we had like hardcore injury updates was like 2016. I'm pretty sure. And uh, so let's take a look at these. We got tight end Tyler Higby has yet to practice this week and his availability, availability, excuse me, is in question on Sunday night. He was coughing up blood 
against the New Orleans Saints. They did call it a chest injury, and that's kind of what I've been seeing. Uh, it's more accurately a lung injury. It's just, uh, I guess that's just a little bit more specific since your lungs technically are in your chest. So uh, it's going down as a chest injury, but it is his lungs. Uh, and it doesn't, ex- it doesn't seem to be too serious. So we expect Tyler Higby, if he does miss this game, uh, and maybe against the Buccaneers, that he'll be back pretty soon. Uh, also, right guard Austin Blythe. You know, watching this play, watching Austin Blythe uh, injure his ankle, I really, I was like, oh man, like that's it. That's, I mean, that's his year. I mean, that's it. And luckily, it was a low ankle sprain. The one that keeps you out for quite a while is the high ankle sprain. So low ankle sprain for Austin Blythe, which is good news. Now, he should not miss extended time, but he is yet to practice this week. I would not be surprised at all to see Austin Blythe miss this game. Of course, Jameel Demby did come in his place. Demby is a guy that I not only projected to cut, but I wanted cut because he performed extremely poorly in the preseason. But I was watching him closely when he came in for Austin Blythe, and he did a very good job. He he seemed like a completely different player from the guy that we were all watching in preseason. He you know I remember specifically against the Denver Broncos, uh, he could not handle just about anybody. And the Broncos didn't play starters in that game either. And that was not a good sign. He started that game, and uh, that was not good. Uh, Aaron Donald has been limited a lot this week with a back injury. Has yet to be a full participant. He's been limited all week. Uh, but he should be okay to play, is going to be my guess. Uh, Aaron Donald has yet to miss one game in his NFL career due to injury. Because, of course, he did not play against the Colts a couple years ago with his holdout. And running back Malcolm Brown... Uh, He was limited in practice on Wednesday and on Thursday came back to being a full participant with an ankle injury, an injury that I did not see or notice when watching the Rams and Saints game. Uh, So that's your, your injury updates. It's not even that crazy. I mean, these guys are all practicing or at least like not anticipated to miss a lot of time. And 15% of the NFL's starting quarterbacks are out, so I guess we're looking okay on that front as well. And as far as starters go, you know, we've got uh, Tyler Higbee is technically a starter, but Gerald Everett has been playing a very large percentage of the snaps. Uh, along with, this is uninjury related, but along with Taylor Rapp, who's been playing upwards of 60% of the Rams' defensive snaps, So he's not a starter, but he might as well be a starter. He is heavy in the rotation and also an extremely good player. Already we're seeing this kid's talent, and Taylor Rapp, I think, is going to be a very good safety for the Rams. I think that when Eric Weddle calls it quits, that we'll see Taylor Rapp take over that role, and I don't think we're going to see too big of a too big of a downfall at that position. I think Taylor Rapp is extremely talented and I'm really excited to watch his, his career progress. I hope he's here for a long time. Uh, but on the injuries, I mean like Tyler Higby, he's out, but at most I would anticipate him missing one or two games. Austin Blythe, I could see him missing two to three, but I think he'll be back pretty soon. Aaron Donald. I didn't even know Aaron Donald could get hurt. I thought he was made out of like metal and gears and oil and stuff. I thought he was a robot sent from space to destroy quarterbacks, but You know, he is human and he did get hurt, uh, but he probably won't miss any time. And then Malcolm Brown being back to a full participant, he will not miss any time as well. So 
Rams still looking pretty strong on the injury front. I did look at the Browns. Let me pull it back up here. Um, so I, I was looking at the Browns injury report. I mean, Odell Beckham is on it, but he was a full participant both days. Uh, Joel Batonio, he's been limited. Uh, Burnett, the safety, he's been, he hasn't practiced. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kirksey has not practiced. And Joku, he has, uh, he's not going to play. Uh, he suffered some pretty big injuries there. And the list is pretty thick, though. I mean, just eyeballing this without wasting time to count it, I would say that there's a good 15, 18, maybe, players on that list. And, uh, yeah, that can't be good. That cannot be good. And so when we look at the Rams injury report compared to other teams, it makes me feel a lot better about it. Because uh, the Rams, of course, um, uh, Andrew Whitworth did not practice on Thursday. But that's a veteran day, veteran's day off. So that's pretty expected. Nothing too crazy there. Uh, I think it's time to get into Joe Stradamus, though. I've got a cool one for you guys. Hit that music for the Joe Stradamus, Reggie. Thank you very much, Reggie. Where would I be without you? I have no idea. So... For this week, I'm going to go pretty bold. I usually don't go that bold, and I, I think that I've been called out for that. Like, dude, you can't just, like, be like, oh, Todd Gurley will play kind of thing. Like, you got to go a little bit bold. So I decided to go bold for you guys. We have the Rams in primetime for the first time this season. We do have a primetime game coming up rather soon. Uh, the Rams and Seahawks game will be on Thursday night football. Uh, but this is the first one. The Cleveland Browns were... Basically, they were named the the offseason champions because they got Odell Beckham, and you know they they kind of they just added some pieces. They the the, the coaches knew now. Freddie Kitchens coming from Hugh Jackson, who Hugh Jackson. I mean, I respect the guy as a guy, but awful coach. He was doing a terrible job, and Freddie Kitchens came in. Uh, what I'm just worried about with the Browns, and this is kind of what I've been telling people about the Browns, is I'm not buying in yet because I want to see how a first-year head coach handles the personalities that are guys like Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield and how he handled that. And so far, I think he's doing okay, but overall, the team is not playing that well. So, I mean, uh, just, what was the, I can't even remember the final score of the the Jets game on Monday night, but uh, they should have blown them out. The Jets are not a very strong team right now. They had, you know, Luke Falk come in at quarterback. That's, I mean, Trevor Simeon, I, I, I've kind of, you know, Trevor Simeon's a, a, a serviceable quarterback, of course. I think this is the year, I, I anticipated this being the year that Darnold took a jump. But the Cleveland Browns are, are they were, they should have, if they're as good as people have been saying they are, then they should have absolutely destroyed the Jets. And that's not what we saw. So my Joe Stradamus pick this week the Rams defense is playing pretty lights out I'm gonna go ahead and say that this Los Angeles Rams defense Sunday night football at Cleveland the Rams are going to shut out the Browns that's right we're gonna get Wade another donut everybody knows that Wade loves donuts and it's been a while since he's had one so it's time to serve up a donut to Wade and uh why am I picking this one it's the the Browns struggled to score regularly against the Jets who had I want to say it was seven starters missing on the defensive side of the football the Rams have no defensive starters out and held the Saints to just three field goals and I am more down on the Saints than I have been in previous years I don't think that they're necessarily a team that can make it to the Super Bowl uh but 
being able to stop a team with those kind of weapons with, you know, Mike Thomas, Ted Ginn, uh, Alvin Kamara, being able to stop them from getting into the end zone, I think is a very good thing. And I think that Wade will have a little something for Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, all those guys. So I, I, I'm, I'm calling it. I'm going to say that the Rams shut out the Browns. If they don't, it's fine with me. It's as long as the Rams win, I, I'm good with it. But also um, on fantasy front, I'm 0-2. So I'm kind of really hanging on to the Rams records here. <laughs> so not, not looking good. First year, my league does a buy-in. And of course, I start 0-2. It's my worst start since I've started this league. And the only reason I do this league is because I started it in high school, man. Nah, no, I'm not looking good, man. Not looking good. Not looking good. Last week I had uh, the, the guy, my opponent had Brady and the Patriots defense, and I basically just lost there. It was just not good. Not good. And Jared Goff hasn't been putting up the points like I wanted him to. But, you know, what can you do? I just, I just watch. I'm just a fan. I watch like, uh, like all of us do just on, on television mostly. So, well, I'm getting out to LA this year, though. I'm not. I'm not even going to tease you guys with with which game which game I'm going to. But I will be in Los Angeles this year for a game. But you guys will hear more about that later. I'm sure after after plane tickets are officially purchased, maybe. Um, that's going to do it for me. Pretty short show for you guys. I warned you about that, so no complaints, please. And uh, yeah, that is going to do it for me. Uh, for those of you that need to follow on the on the social media. That is going to be at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow me as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Pretty simple. I try to keep it simple for you guys, all right? And, um, oh, also, real quick while I have you guys here, uh, I did uh, my other, my new game teaser for the Rams and Browns, and I got to be a little honest with you guys. I'm going to kind of toot my own horn. This one's awesome. All right, I've got I've gotten amazing feedback on it. I loved it, and I think it's really cool. So you guys should check that out. It's available on the Ram Showcase YouTube channel. While you're there, why don't you go ahead and click subscribe? You can check out all the videos that I come out with regularly. Of course, I cannot get one of those uh, the the teaser videos in every week. Uh, potentially, I'm not saying I'm not going to do it, but I try to. But I'm a full time employee, full time student, and it gets difficult to find some time sometimes. Um, yeah, so there you guys have it. Um, but that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night. <laughs>